Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Eck. What's up, Honor Nation? Welcome to episode 87 of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Now, my guest today describes herself as Dr. Frankenstein meets Mr. Hyde. She has a title shot against the ROH Women's World Champion, Roxy, on ROH television on Christmas weekend. She is Holiday. Holiday, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you for having me all the way from the other side of darkness. You forgot to mention I have the deadliest thighs in the game, but I'll let it pass, I'll let it slide. Happy <laughs> to be here, thank you, thank you. I figured I'd let you mention that about the thighs. Uh-huh, uh-huh, gotcha, smart you man, know, smart man. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's get right into this. Uh, you won a four-corner survival match uh, recently over Quinn McKay, Trisha Dora, and Vita Von Starr. This was an honor for all uh, last month. And you won that match, earning you, thus earning you a title shot against Roxy, which I said will take place on Christmas weekend. What would it mean for you uh, to win the Women's World Championship? Could you put it into words? Uh, I'm more of an actions type of person. I just like to get in and do my violence. But uh, I had to put it into words. I'm not really a holiday celebratory person, but if the dark side could get any gift, to take ROH into its next plateau, into its next form, into the next genre of darkness. I mean, I think, I feel I feel like that would be full circle for everything that's happened. The ROH women's title entering into the dark side, into this new wave that ROH is, is, is facing. I, I think that would just be like poetry in motion, honestly. Yeah, it could be, instead of happy holidays, it could, could be happy holiday, right? It should be. It should be. Hello. Like marketing. Are we listening to this? Not just marketing, but come on. Like, yes, it has. It's this. The writing is there on the walls. Like, yeah, it's just time. It's just time to come do it. All right. If you put that on a T-shirt, I want I want a finder's fee. All right. Like what? Like point zero five percent? Yeah. Point zero one. Something like that. All right. Hey, hey, all right. There we go. There we go. See? <laughs> well, you, you just alluded to. Uh, basically the next thing I was going to ask you, which is that we are entering a time of uncertainty uh, for Ring of Honor and heading into the first part of 2022, there's going to be a a hiatus. And during that hiatus, the company will be reimagined. And then the idea is to bring back the company in uh, in time for Supercard uh, in April. So considering all that, uh, are there any extra special feelings for you knowing that uh, the, the future is uncertain and who knows when the next ring of honor match for you will be? I mean, is that something that, that you're thinking about? Yes. And no, not to sound heartless. <laughs> um, <laughs> like uh, the wrestling world in general, if you've been around, you know, everything about it is uncertain. It doesn't matter if you have a contract or not. The wrestling business is uncertain. You never know what your next day is going to be. You can be in a company, you can be contracted, and you can be gone the next day. You can be in the ring one day, you can have a, a career-ending injury, and you could have the whole rest of the year lined up. Nothing is ever certain in this business, and I think that's something, once you get your head wrapped around, 
things like this, unfortunately, like they do hit hard, but it's like, this is the business that we're in. Like we got, we got to keep moving. We got to, and we just got to prepare ourselves and be ready for when, when doors do open back up because, you know, wrestling never ends, wrestling never dies. You know, things might slow down. They might shift around a little bit, but the ring is always going to be there and something is always going to be happening. You just got to prepare yourself mentally and physically. So when happens and it's written it's like all right hey it's go time you ready to go it's like yeah i'm ready i always be i'm always ready just as you got to stay ready mentally physically find something to do with yourself find something to do with your time keep yourself busy and just stay ready that's that's the nature of this business it's a sucky one but it's uncertainty is is a part of our everyday life yeah that's very true i mean i guess there's there's nothing guaranteed in life and certainly nothing guaranteed in pro wrestling nothing let me ask you let me ask you what your thoughts are in general about the Ring of Honor women's division that Maria Canellas Bennett has had such a huge hand in, in putting together and that you've been a huge part of. I mean, you look at this division and there's so much diversity. There's, there are competitors of all shapes and sizes, ethnic backgrounds, personalities. Certainly uh, your personality is a little bit different than, say, a Willow or a Roxy personality. Um, so what are your thoughts on, on being a part of this? Because it really seems like Maria has put, put together something that's pretty special. This uh, Ring of Honor women's division that I am so grateful to have been a part of is, is one of the best like crews ever put together. I don't know how much I'm allowed to speak on. You guys can edit or whatever. Uh, you know, I've been, I've been around Ring of Honor for a bit in the past and, and seen and just been there in various ways that the women's divisions ha- has been handled. And I feel like this is the best by far with Maria and Bobby Cruz. Like, I feel like that's a genuine, true dream team. Those are people that actually care about women's wrestling, had a plan for it, wanted to see it elevated on another level. Like you said, the locker room, just everything's so diverse. You got so many different personalities, but so many different backgrounds coming together. But everybody has that same mindset of we want to elevate and uplift women's wrestling and make it the best, whatever. And I feel like that's something Maria and, and Bobby Cruz got to give them both credit. When they sat down and picked out this roster and brought people in, there there was a sense of care. And and unfortunately in women's wrestling, it's not always that, you know, like people like to talk about we're, that we're beyond the, the phase of, you know, the popcorn matches and stuff. Like we're getting there, but we're still not there yet, you know? We still got a ways to go. And I felt like this was one of the best rosters I've ever been a part of bar none top to bottom management wrestlers just everybody doing their part and coming together to make it a full whole circle yeah and just so you know you can uh you can speak freely here we're not going to censor you i mean <laughs> we'll have to censor censor your curse words uh, Ah, okay all right let me know let me know yeah i mean know. you can you can curse we'll just mark brown will will bleep you in post-production i will do uh, my best to hold my dark words together <laughs> My passion leaps out in different ways. What can I say? That's okay. One might slip out of my mouth every now and then as well. So uh, don't, don't worry about it. Uh, but as far as your true feelings about uh, Ring of Honor, past or present or future, uh, no censorship here. You can, you can speak your mind uh, freely. Um, I want to ask you about another unique, uh, another competitor with kind of a unique persona, and that's Max the Impaler. Uh, you, you and Max faced each other in the first round of the women's title tournament last summer. And, um, and that was, that was 
a hell of a matchup. I, I mean, two, uh, two rough and tough competitors, two competitors that like to, uh, I mean, you come from, what, what is it, out of the darkness? Is that, I'm going to make the sure I The other side other of side darkness. Of darkness. Yeah, other other side. Side. yeah, make sure I got it right. The other side of darkness, sure. Max uh, from the wasteland. Um, was this the first time that the two of you had been in the ring against each other? I believe this, that was the first and the only time uh, that Max and I have stepped in the ring together. So what was it like? I mean, as a fan, it was, it was very entertaining to watch. Uh, what was it like working with Max, someone who, as, as I said, has a, a similar style, uh, similar strengths to you? Uh, and, you know, um, it was a bit of a challenge um, being this far in my career. You know, um, I don't always uh, get to face someone who's a, who's a little bigger than me, um, you know, puts, puts me to work, definitely for sure. Um, that's, that's a challenge I, I definitely want. Again, you know, uh, when Ring of Honor comes back around this way, I definitely uh, want a round two at that. Just, uh, you know, um, I don't want to say an immovable force because I definitely moved that force. You know, the dark side has got some gains over here, but it just got to make me work a little harder. Just, uh, you know, again, uh, expect the unexpected in this business. You know, there's there's never a challenge that you haven't faced. There's, you know, you think you've seen it all and you haven't. And Max is definitely one of the young up-and-comers in this business that everybody needs to be watching. And if you, you're in the ring with them, you better you better do your homework. You better you better eat those protein bars. You better eat that peanut butter. You better get those games together because that's definitely a force to be reckoned with. But I like a challenge, and I like someone that makes me up my game and got to fight for it. So I definitely I definitely want that challenge again down the line. Let me go in a completely different direction now. Someone completely opposite. From Max the Impaler, uh, and that's Willow. Uh, talk about talk about an odd couple, uh, Holiday and Willow, as a tag team. I saw you guys team together a couple months ago in a women's division Wednesday match against uh, Alex Gracia and Lainey uh, Luck. Uh, I got to ask you: Is Willow's fun-loving attitude and all that positivity is is that rubbing off on you or? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> No, uh, no. Yeah, definitely uh, two sides of the coin. You know, she could stay over there with her bubbly self. I'm, I'm cool. I'm not about all of that. She likes to touch a lot. She likes to hug. I, I like my personal space. She doesn't really respect that or understand that. She likes to do a lot of dancing. I like to dance with my fist and my feet. So, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know about this being a, you know, a parent thing. If so, I'm going to need her to tone down in the dance and stop the hugging. I need a little more viciousness. Uh, I like to smile, but when I'm, like, putting my opponent in pain, that, not just for, for the sake of smiling, I don't, I don't understand that. I'm not – I don't know that I understand her. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I could tell that you're, you're not really a hugger. I, I could see you looked very uncomfortable. when. Uh, if, I mean, if it's like a bear hug, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, we talk, yeah, I like certain hugs. You want a bear hug, I'll bear hug you all day. You got to be specific. Be specific. Okay. Not a, not a celebratory, um, a happy hug. That's, that's, you don't want any part of that. No, that's, that's boundaries. Boundaries. We need, I thought we learned this in our upbringing. We learned boundaries. Don't touch me unless I want to be touched. No. No means no. We got to no, no, no. Uh-uh. 
All right. So, all right. So we've definitely established her fun loving, uh, outlook and a- attitude. Not it's a bit off. much from holiday. It's a bit yeah. much for me. Okay. Well, on the other side of the coin, is there a chance that maybe your darker side could rub off on Willow? We, we should all hope so. We should hope so. You know, I mean, who doesn't need a little, um, we all, if we're being honest with ourselves, we all have a dark side and a lot of us just try to, a lot of people try to hide it and mask it with that smile. You might be onto something. Willow <laughs> might be hiding a whole lot we don't even know about. See, now maybe I do want to dig behind that smile. See, there hmm. you go. There you, there go. you go. All right, okay. Hey, you might hey, be on anything I can do to get you guys teaming again? Because I think you guys- <laughs> See, now, now, you're, now you're taking me back. Now you're taking <laughs> me back. See, I don't know. You know. No, I think there's, I saw some chemistry there. You know, opposites attract. That's that's what they say. There have been a lot of odd couple tag teams that have had a lot of success. I mean, look at look chemistry at Josh Woods. And, Willow does her thing in the ring. I'll give her that. Yeah. That's where the chemistry stops at. We both know how to – I feel like we both can deliver a beat down in the ring. She likes to do it with dancing and stuff. And, again, that's where, that's where it all stops. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Well, let me ask you uh, sort of a, a broader question. Uh, you, you actually alluded to it uh, a few minutes ago, which was the state of women's wrestling today. And, and you talked about uh, the gains that have been made um, in recent years. Where do, you think, where do you think things stand right now? Obviously, things have gotten progressively better over the past few years as far as how women's wrestling is presented. Um, and certainly what you said about Ring of Honor's women's division, this current incarnation, uh, I believe is true. But if you look at sort of the business as a whole, where do you think things stand right now, in your opinion? As far as women's wrestling? Yes. Okay. Uh, like you said, I feel like we have progressed, but I feel like it's still a progressive ladder. Like, we're not there yet. It's it's obviously... To me, at least it's obvious, it's still not an equal level playing field. Like, you know, we we still only have on cert, on these certain bigger shows, on these bigger platforms, we still only have maybe one or some are now incorporating two women's matches on their shows. Like that's not a that's not an equal parameter. That's not a that's not showing us on the same level. Uh, I mean, I got to give a shout out to, you know, some of these independent companies out there that are all women's promotions. I feel like a lot of those have like laid the baseline and showed some of these other companies how to do it, but we're still not there. Because if you're, a lot of fans are looking at it from a mainstream side, so they are counting on companies like the Ring of Honors, some of these other major platforms to do it the right way. And so if they don't see it from these major companies, a lot of them are not going to go look into these independent companies who are doing it the right way. And so like that's what I said. I feel like we're getting there, but we still got a ways to go. Like, you know, I, I'm an independent contractor. I work the independents regularly. That's my, that's my bread and butter. And I'm on some of these shows that are all women. And some of the, you know, the, the crowd comes to me afterwards. They say, I've been to other shows where it's, you know, my majority men, they have one women's show. Like, this is some of the best wrestling I've ever seen. They let you ladies go. And that's a part of it. Like, knowing that there is talent out there and, like, believing in them, that they're just enough athlete to go out there and put it on a good match as your guys can do. We're all wrestlers. It shouldn't be. These are women's wrestlers. It's giving a women's match. No, just put out good freaking quality matches. Do your job. Do your job in scouting. And we can we can have just as many matches on a men's show, not a men's show. See, even even my brain is wired that we can have just as many <laughs> matches as, as the men on a show. But again, we're still very much far removed from that as a mainstream standpoint. And uh, like it, it's hard for me to say, you know, 
be happy like we progress we have but we're still not there yet you know yeah. and it's still take a while to get there yeah i mean I, I agree with you i think uh certainly there's been a lot of progress just in the last five six years um but like you said there's still there's still there's still a ways to go but it's it's cool to see that that we're going in the right direction i think at least at this point uh but you mentioned uh some of those independent promotions that are all women's Obviously, the, the first one that comes to mind for me is Mission Pro, which is owned by your old twisted sister tag team partner, uh, Thunder Rosa. Um, and as far as I know, or from what I understand, she's not just, okay, she's the owner, but apparently in every uh, position in the company, it's all women, uh, from creative to everything else. Um, and you're a part of that as well, aren't you? I mean, you, you're, you've wrestled on all, a bunch of those shows, right? Well, to correct you, yes, I, I am a part of that. I am the current Mission Pro World Champion. Since we're, you know, spitting out facts there. So, yes, I am a part of that. I am uh, the current Mission Pro uh, Champion. I do hold um, a title backstage as well, like a hat backstage as well. And, yes, every top to bottom, you know, uh, our referees, our commentators, our announcers, the ring crew, we put up the ring, we break it down, everything. It's an all-women's crew just to show you, like, hey, there are enough women out there that can do this top to bottom, everything. We can put the ring up. We can announce matches. We can commentate on matches. We can agent matches. We can book the card. Everybody that holds the title position in Mission Pro is a woman. Just to, And, I mean, it started as, you know, a safe space because of the whole Me Too movement that came out. You know, it was something Thunder wanted to do because the business, it, it oftentimes says we want, you know, women to feel safe, but they don't do anything about it. So it became like, we do actually want a safe environment, a safe place for women and to put them on a platform and show all they can do. And I feel like it's it's helped tremendously on Title Match Network. You know, we're one of the number one shows. We, we're one of the few shows to actually get, you know, trending on Twitter that, you know, when it, when it happens and and matches get hundreds of thousands of views. A lot of ladies have got looked at to go other places from that. And, you know, and I, again, I feel like it's another standard as far as like, the independent showing scenes showing how it could and how it should be done. And hopefully, you know, people do see that in the mainstream world. If they want to piggyback off that to help make the business a better place. I'm, I'm all a part of that. Yeah. I mean, Thunder Rosa, I mean, kudos to her for doing this and also to you and everybody else who's involved. I think it's, uh, it's, it's overdue that we have a promotion like this. And uh, to your point, um, it's a success and people are interested in it. And I think it's proving to a lot of, you know, perhaps some of the naysayers who didn't think, uh, women's wrestling could sustain itself, you know, it could be anything more than an attraction on the card. Uh, this really goes to show that it could be much, and it is much more than that. All, all that was needed was the opportunity. So again, kudos to you and, and her and everybody else that's involved. Let me ask you another question though, that has to do with women's wrestling. Um, that's in some state in, in some places, I guess it's, um, it's considered, considered controversial. Some people love it. Some people hate it. That's intergender wrestling. Uh, I've, I've brought that topic up uh, a few times when I've had uh, women on the show. Um, and again, some people seem to really like it. Some people don't. I know you've done some intergender matches. What, what are your thoughts on it in general? Wrestling is wrestling. <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm a fan of good quality wrestling. Uh, women versus women, men versus men, women versus men you put on a good match that makes sense to me and I'm entertained by it. I'm, I'm okay with it. I mean, I, I understand from an old school perspective, some people have come up a different way. So I get that. But again, it goes back to that 
what I was saying, we're all wrestlers. Yeah. You don't have to categorize me as a woman's wrestler. I'm a wrestler. When I go in that ring, I'm a wrestler. I, I you know, coming up training, I trained with the originally like a bunch of guys. And my trainer, Gangrel, like, you know, there was no like, oh, I'm going to hit you soft because you're a girl. You step in this ring, you're a wrestler. And I feel like that's what a lot of people need to realize. Like, it's not no freaking, you know, domestic abuse. Like, we, we chose, we choose to go in there. That This is our, like, this is what we're actually choosing to do. And if you can wrap your head around it, like, oh, these are two athletes that are going to come in here and give me the best of what they can in a wrestling ring, then I might, I might actually enjoy it. Let me give it a chance. I don't have anything against it, if that answered the question. Oh, it absolutely does. Um, <laughs> I, I ask you a follow-up on that, and, and I won't ask you to name any names, but have you ever been in the ring with a male who wasn't, wasn't maybe comfortable selling for you or was reluctant to perhaps put you over? Have you ever come across that? Or, or maybe a guy who said, I, I won't do it. I won't get in the ring with her. Personally, I cannot jog in my mental Rolodex. I got to say, I've, I've been very fortunate. Like um, a lot of guys that I have shared the ring with are, have a very progressive mindset and they're very much of the term, you know, if so, it, you know, I've always been taught as far as training goes, if some make everything make sense, don't have any useless uh, movement. And and again, a lot of the guys that I've shared the ring with have very, a very progressive mind thought. It's like, if it makes sense, you know, to me and to the audience, then okay, let's do it. I, you know, but I do, you know, I know co coworkers that have been in that predicament where, you know, guys don't want to share the ring with them or they're just dismissive of, women, of women's wrestling altogether. You know, I know promoters that still don't even just book women's matches on their cards. So it's like, you know, there's still that mindset out there. There's still a lot of people that think that way. Again, we've progressed, but there's still so many shows that don't even include a women's match on their car or they have one women's match and so it's like you know we're, we're still a, a ways away but anybody who steps in the ring should be regarded as a wrestler first and foremost whatever the gender is makes sense to me uh i wouldn't step in the ring with you i'll tell you that much <laughs> see you got i don't you know you got some smarts i can't see what you look like but you you know seem like a smart fella already yeah, yeah i know that. i i know you could whip my ass so i'm i'm gonna you know, where they say discretion is the better part of valor. So, uh, I mean, if you ever want to try, you know, <laughs> get in there, we can, we can throw down again. I'm always open to a challenge. I'm, yeah. you know, Oh, I won't be much of a challenge for you. Trust me. That'll be, that, that'll be a squash. See, now you're selling yourself short. Now I feel like we got to <laughs> fix this up now. You know, I want you to get your confidence up. Let's, let's do it. Let's make it happen. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about it. Well, I, I'll just, I, I'll tell you this. Okay. Um, I've done some, uh, managing, on the, on the independent circuit, uh, mostly in, in MCW, Maryland Championship Wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, I had a one time Matt Hardy's, I think he was about one, one-year-old son, Maxel. Uh, Matt Hardy wanted me to uh, have a wrestling match with Maxel, and Maxel pinned me in a matter of seconds. So that tells you what kind of shot I would have against you. All right, we just got to get your training up. It's all about the training, you know? <laughs> I appreciate you being honest. Some okay. people yeah. don't. Some people yeah. aren't honest. They try to get in the ring, don't know what they're doing. All right, we got to get you training. Yeah, yeah. You can well, do if you're down for a training session, come to the dark side. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll hook you up. I'll hook you up. All right. Yeah, lost, lost to a one-year-old. Now, Jeff Hardy may have snuck behind me and given me a nut shot that led to me losing to Maxwell. But I don't know, have. I mean, it's Jeff Hardy's kid, you know. You know yeah, he's yeah. been wrestling since he's been in the womb. Come on. That's come right. On. That's right. No, no yeah. shame. No shame in losing to the to the infant son of of, of Matt Hardy. I suppose. None. None. None at all. <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna take our first break. We are just getting started here 
More to talk about with Holodead right after this. It's been fun playing wrestling with y'all. But we got something even better. Honor Nation, it's the ROH Wrestling Honor Pals. The body slamming, drop kicking way to keep the fun going. We need some tougher competition. Oh. Put a buckle! Jay Driller! She's the new Honor Pals champion. ROH Wrestling Honor Pals. Bring home your favorite star at shophonor.com. All right, we are back in the Honor H Strong podcast, speaking with Holiday from the other side of darkness. Did I get it right this time? You got it right. He tries. There we go. All right. Eventually, I'll get it right. All right. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Thunder Rosa because um, you guys made for quite a quite a great tag team, and I love the name Twisted Sisters. Me being an old uh, emphasis on old, I guess, an old headbanger, a fan of the band Twisted Sister. Even though your name had really nothing to do with that, I still I still, <laughs> still appreciated it. Uh, and you spelled it a little bit differently. You put a Z in there. You know, uh, copyright. You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, how did how did you and uh, and Thunder Rosa end up forming a tag team? Because I know that you were also opponents at one time. Um, did you find that you just had chemistry as as opponents and maybe as friends, and and that's why you decided to to team up or? How there did, you go. There's no need for me to tell the story. But that's the answer. That is pretty much the answer. Uh, one, once I got done training, I was preparing to go into the independent wrestling scene. You know, and I was starting to pick up bookings, and she was one of the first people I was uh, scheduled to face. And she reached out to me. I didn't know who she was, and she reached out to me and said she was looking forward to our match. And I was like, oh, that's cool of her. But then I got the opportunity to go to Japan. So I had to cancel all those bookings. And again, she was one of the first people to reach out and say, you know, congratulations. She had previously went to stardom before me. And she said, congratulations, you know, if you need any help with anything, let me know. And again, I had never really, you know, met her, known her. We chatted a few times while I was over there. Then when I got back to the States, uh, we immediately got like booked to face each other like every other weekend. And like the first match, it was, you know, just that immediate chemistry. It was like, like, we beat the crap out of each other. But it was after the fact, it was like, oh, that was awesome. We beat the crap out of each other. Let's do that again. That was great. And then we just kept getting booked to fight each other. And uh, one day, uh, we were sitting down having breakfast, me, her, her husband, Brian. And uh, he was like, you know, instead of fighting each other all the time, why don't you guys become a tag team called Twisted Sisters? Because we were both, uh, we both became part of Oedo Tai in Japan as a heel faction. Yep. So online, we would call each other sister because we were Oedo Tai sisters. And her husband was like, yeah, just stop fighting each other, you know. Uh, do half, half, paint her side, half your side. You guys are sisters, call each other twisted sisters. And you're like, oh, and that was that. And that was, <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, I mean, I thought you guys were always uh, money as a tag team. I mean, um, I saw you guys work in Ring of Honor several times and, um, and always really um, was entertained uh, by the two of you. I entertain, like, I love the gimmick. I love, you know, the twisted sisters and the face paint and all that stuff. But Obviously, both of you guys can go in the ring, and um, and and the chemistry was obvious uh, between the two of you. I got to ask you though, because you mentioned Japan. Um, according to my research, which you know, when you're searching stuff on the internet, you don't always know if what you're finding is accurate or not. Of course, of course. Uh, so I'll just, I'll, I'll just ask. Right, I'll just ask you directly. It looked like um, again in my research that you really only had a few matches on the independent scene before you got a chance uh, or the opportunity to wrestle 
for stardom in Japan. I had like two matches. I mean, how did, I mean, obviously wrestling for stardom is a big deal. How did you get that opportunity so quickly? Um, Right place, right time, knowing the right people. Again, like I had just like left my training school. You know, I was talking to my, my trainer, Gangrel, about like, you know, how do I get myself out there? And he was just, you know, giving me names of people to reach out to. And he's, he mentioned uh, cheerleader Melissa. He said, you know, she's really good with helping young girls. Maybe, you know, he gave me her information. He's like, you know, shoot her a message, see what's up. And I wasn't even reaching out to her for a booking. It was just like, hey, how are you doing? I just finished training. Do you have any advice? Blah, blah, blah. Here's my, you know, promo picture. Here's a match. And I guess she looked it over and she said, hey, I like your look. I like your match. I have an opportunity to go to Japan in like two months. Would you like to go? And I'm just like, <laughs> it was it was literally all that. It was just like that. It was like, real? Like, what's happening right now? Like, are you freaking kidding me? But yeah, it was it was like just the right, it was the right timing. You know, I just, apparently I got a, I got a training in the right time. The gimmick I was working was a good enough look. My, my ring work looked solid enough. Like she, you know, she called Gangrel and asked, like, hey, is she solid in the ring? And he, he gave her the okay, and, and we, were, we were off to the races then. <laughs> that's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, as you know, there are people in this business who, who work years uh, hoping for an opportunity at Japan and, yeah. and sometimes never get it, or sometimes it just takes so long to get there. Um, that's really an amazing story. So one, once you got there, um, how was it? I mean, obviously being so inexperienced at that point, obviously you had good training and you were solid in the ring. As you said, you got, you got the thumbs up from your trainer, but going into that environment, um, stardom has, you know, the best, some of the best women's wrestlers in the world. How was it being so new, uh, and being in a different country? I mean, what was the experience like? It was a great experience. It was, it was mind blowing in various ways. You know, of course I wish, I was more ready uh, mentally because, you know, at, at the time, you know, you're new on the scene. You're still trying to find yourself like as a person, as a character. I wish I had knew that and was able to come in there confidently enough. That, like the place I am now mentally as a wrestler, I wish I was able to go there with that. But, you know, I still had a young mind. But like, I mean, my training was good enough, so I was still respectful. Uh, fortunately, you know, uh, at the time, stardom had an apartment for the foreigners and I was able to be over there at the time. That's when I met Santana Garrett and La Rosa Negra. Um, great, great, great people to be there with great veterans who were there to guide me and like, just, you know, if I had any questions or whatever. And La Rosa had been there previously. So she was kind of like the unofficial tour guy. I was able to give the lay of the land. You know, when you go into training, you got to bow, go greet people, all this stuff. So she was able to give that, like, do this, don't do that. And Santana was just a good person to be around just as far as a vet in the business, you know, if I had any questions. Like, I, I, when I was over there, I actually fought her for the NWA title, which was the first time that title was defended over in Japan in, like, almost 50 or 60 years. And so they're just throwing all this stuff at me. And I'm just like, is this real life? Like, like, like what's happening? Like, I'm green. I'm green as Like, well, what's happening right now? Like, so, like, I would love to have gone over there, like, and know who I am now. But, like, I was still finding myself. And I feel like... When people get a chance to go to Japan, especially young girls, everybody wants to imitate J Japanese style. And it is a style. And when you, I feel like, myself included, when you go over there, like, you're not sure what to expect. You're like, oh, what are they doing? Let me do this. But for anybody listening, like, if you get a chance to go to Japan, if somebody picks you to go to Japan, they pick, they're picking you for you. They don't want you to come over there and do their style or whatever. They want you to come there and do your thing. So if somebody 
It's a lecture to go to Japan. Of course, you're going to pick up some things, but they're going to do the Japanese style. Don't worry about that. They're, they're, they want you to come over there and do you. And like immediately I was working with people like, uh, you know, Kaidi Singh, Mayu, Io Shirai, like Yakuzawa, like, like some of the like top people. And I'm just like, what the F is really happening? You know, <laughs> luckily I was, you know, proficient in my skills, but still mentally I was not, I wasn't there. Like I'm that chick that, you know, if you ask me today, like I'm going to go in and put bangers. I am that mother chick. But back then it was like, oh, I think I'm confident enough. I can go in here and do this. I'm not really sure, but all right, we're here. Let's do it. So yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, I'm grateful for it. I would, if I have the opportunity to go back one more time before I, you know, hang up the boots, I would definitely, definitely love to. Yeah, but I mean, just God, talk about being thrown in the deep end of the pool, right? And um, you know, <laughs> let's use all the cliches: sink or swim. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. And you were able to, you were able to swim. So I mean, you probably gained more. You probably gained years of experience just in the matter of months that you were there. In a sense, you know what I'm saying. Uh, no, absolutely. Again, like some of the people I got to work with, there are some people that were, you know, injured and like had had concussions and you had to work a certain way. And then there, you know, there's language barriers in the ring. But again, like but the thing I, I noticed that, you know, wrestlers are wrestlers, even if you aren't able to like phys- I mean, uh, verbally communicate something like wrestling is a language and it's a dance. And if people know it, they know it, it doesn't matter what language they actually speak. Yeah, that, I've heard that from because I've asked that question to other American wrestlers who go to Japan and, and when they're in the ring with, um, you know, the, the American doesn't speak any Japanese and the Japanese wrestler doesn't speak any English. And, um, you know, I know the referee sometimes can kind of be a help, but people have told me the same thing that you just said, that, that like wrestling's kind of this universal language. And even if you don't speak each other's native tongue, um, you still kind of feel it out and figure it out you know yeah if you know if you know wrestling you know it not to pull the curtain back but to pull it back if anybody's afraid tune away really quick but to pull the curtain back one one time I like one of the first time I worked I worked Kaidi over there we didn't have a lot of time to talk about it I just remember one one thing she said to me was uh she said me concussion please no bumps and I was just like okay all right uh how are we gonna do this <laughs> <laughs> but, but wrestling the language you know like I would go to pick her up for stuff and put her in different submissions and she knew where to go. Or like I would go to put her certain places and it's like, you feel, you feel, I don't know how to explain it unless you're actually in there, but you feel each other and, and it all, it all worked out. So just out of curiosity, when did she tell you this? Was this like right before you went out? Was this in the ring? This was, was before. <laughs> okay. Like we, like we, again, we didn't have a whole lot of time to set up the match. We didn't like, Usually in Japan, you you are able to meet up with each other beforehand, but we didn't. Some something happened. We you know we met up that day before the the match. She just said she said, I, I remember you know exactly. She said me concussion, please no bumps. And I'm just like okay, all right, this is what you trained for. Let's go do this. You can't, that, that that's got to don't bump this. Don't bump one of the top three stars in this company. <laughs> make it make it work. Make it entertaining. How yeah. many submissions do you know? Let's go. No, no, no pressure. No pressure. In that no situation. pressure. But you know, don't don't bump one of the top three stars. She has a concussion. Take care of her. You got this, kid. Go. We're about to go have a match, but no bumps. That's no bumps. No and bumps. I mean, and again, I as I, I want to, you know, credit to the the training. You know, you know, in training, we we had various things like that. Where have a match. Don't do this. Have a match. You can do everything except this, this, this. And in your head, you're like, what the. But I mean, there are going to be situations where you're out there in the real world and, and, you know, 
wrestlers we're we're very stubborn people we don't we don't rest like we should and recuperate so a lot of times you do go in there with somebody and they're like hey i got a broken wrist can you watch this hey i got this and this and you gotta you gotta work around it right and that's that's what we do yeah that's that's the art form of it right that's why you guys that's why you guys are professionals you know what you're doing in there so there we go professionals (laughs) there we go of course at the time you were you were green but I was green, but they brought the, you know, they fly you out to Japan. They're paying you as a professional. That's They're right. They're trusting your training and everybody that's vouched for you. And so it's like all of that, you know, Gangrel's vouched for me. I'm here on cheerleader Melissa's word. Don't f*** it up. Don't f*** the bed. Right. all that. Yes. <laughs> I want to circle back to uh, Thunder Rosa for a second. Um, as we talked about, you and her, great tag team. Um, as Twisted Sisters, you wrestled in a bunch of different places together. But eventually, uh, she breaks out as a singles competitor. In AEW, uh, in the NWA, she's the NWA Women's World Champion. And that pretty much sort of ended Twisted Sisters, not for good, but for a while. I know you guys teamed together not all that long ago, but Twisted Sisters kind of was put on the back burner. Uh, How did that uh, affect you professionally, um, your mindset, just knowing that the, the Twisted Sisters thing was not happening? I can't say that it affected my mindset so much. Um, just because Twisted Sisters, I feel like our popularity was more than, was over more than anything. Like, honestly, we both came into the game as singles competitors. Like, if, if we go and, like, do track records on websites and stuff, we have more singles matches than we do as tag team. It's just, again, I think the popularity of it, it made people think that we were only tag team wrestlers when in reality, like we're still both, we were still both on the independent scene and there was majority doing singles work. It just so happened that when we got together, it got a, it got a bigger buzz again. Like I think it was more popular as, as such. So it was never like a, cause I was still doing my own thing. Like it was, again, it was like rare that we would tag. It was like maybe a once a month thing, but all those other days in the weekends and stuff, we were doing singles work. So it wasn't like, for me, it wasn't a big thing. Like, oh, this is done, you know? And like, and I kind of knew anyways, like I knew, you know, uh, that's actually my best friend. Like we talk regularly or whatever. So like when the NWA thing was coming, like I knew, and it wasn't like a sad thing. It was like, you know, this is, this is what we want. This is what we fight for. This is what we work for to have, you know, a place to call home, like a company to believe in you and support you. So it was like, no, this is great. Like, this company wants to put you, you know, on their back and, and ride into the high heavens, go do that. You know, you're always going to have my support. And same thing, you know, just with her transferring it over to AEW, like it's, you know, was always what we all always wanted, like a company to believe in you and support you and say, Hey, I'm going to ride with you, but let's go do this. So like, you know, it was never like some, I don't feel like it was something I necessarily had to prepare my mind for. Cause I always, cause again, like we were, more so singles competitors and I feel like a lot of people miss that as far as the wrestling facts or whatever because yeah we did more singles than we actually did tag if you take a look in the facts or whoever keeps all these wrestling <laughs> or whatever yeah <laughs> but so, like, for me it was never like a shock or whatever I like and I I, I feel that people still to this day like think I'm a tag team wrestler and it's like I started as a singles wrestler like I got a great tag team with my best friend, but I was still primarily a singles worker and I still am. And I'm still every weekend, I'm still out here as a singles competitor. So I don't know what the original question was, but I think I answered. No, I think you, I think you did. I think you did. No, you, you basically proved your point that um, you were two singles wrestlers who happened to get together 
and team up and enjoyed teaming up and got some notoriety doing it. But at the end of the day, this was not a tag team breaking up. This was uh, two singles wrestlers who just weren't going to be, who had a team, but now the team wasn't going to continue for a while. So yeah, that makes, that makes perfect sense. All right, well, we're going to take uh, our second break and we'll be back with more with Holiday right after this. Want to hear post-match interviews from tonight's competitors? Want to see exclusive brand new matches? Want to learn about breaking news before anyone else? Week by Week is the perfect companion to everything that happens on ROH TV. It premieres every single Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on the official ROH YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash ring of honor. Stay informed on the best wrestling on the planet. I'll see you there. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast. We're having an outstanding conversation with Holiday. Uh, I want to go back uh, to the beginning with you as far as your wrestling fandom. Uh, about how old were you when you became a fan and, and how did you discover pro wrestling? I was maybe, uh, okay, now I'm going to tell my age. God. <laughs> I was that, an that, that's a tricky way of me finding out how old you are. Right. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I was an adolescent. Can I say that? What's yeah, adolescent? Yeah. yeah, you can say that. <laughs> I was an adolescent, and my cousin, uh, he was he was the one that was into wrestling, and he went to a house show, and he took me with him. I didn't know anything about wrestling. The very first match I saw, so there's this this bald black guy coming out. He has these red and white trunks. He runs out. He's all hyped and everything. So I got hyped, and I, I'm bugging my cousin, like, oh, my God, who's that? Who's that? And he looks at me, and he rolls his eyes, like, oh, my God, that's Virgil. And he's like, oh, my God, is he a good guy or a bad guy? He's like, and he looks at me again, rolls his eyes, like, he's a good guy. So he comes in the ring, gets everybody hyped up, and I'm like, I'm getting hyped. Then this other guy comes out. The music is all slow. There's this small little guy comes out. He's waving a flag. And then this big behemoth, massive, like, larger-than-life guy comes out. And I'm tapping my cousin, like, annoyingly. I'm like, who is that? Who is that? He rolls his eyes, and he's like, that's Yokozuna. And I'm like, is he a good guy or a bad guy? He's like, he's a bad guy. And I was just, I was in awe, like, just, you know, from the presentation, the performance, just the entrances. And Yokozuna probably squashed Virgil's, like, in under a minute. And from that moment on, I was hooked. Wow. Wow. A squash match, Yokozuna versus Virgil at some house show. That is what got me into wrestling. From then on, I was in the front lawn with the boys wrestling in the front yards. I started watching. I was I was a believer. It was done. It was a wrap from there. Okay. I'm just I just think it's amazing, not just that it was a squash match, but that it was the Virgil match that and Yokozuna. Yokozuna. Well, yeah, Yokozuna. I mean, I gotta I gotta give him credit because he came out, you know, he was hyped. And like if I didn't know anything about anything, you know, he got me hyped. I'm like, oh. Who's this guy? He's energetic. All right, let's go. And Yokozuna just came out as the badass he is, you know. Mr. Fuji waving the flag, and I'm just like, he's just coming out nice and slow. You just know not to f with him. And I'm just, as a kid, I'm like, oh, that's a big mother, you know, that's a big guy. It's about yeah. to go down. Have you ever uh, crossed paths with Virgil at an, at an indie show or a signing? I'm not. You know, I hear many stories, but... <laughs> Okay. Well, I was just going to say, if you, you know, you could have told Virgil that, you know, he in a, sort of indirectly inspired you to, to get into the business. I, mean, I could, uh, you know, if that, if that time comes, I'll, I'll pick and choose if it's, if it's an appropriate moment. You know, you got to pick your battles, pick your moments. Well, if you, see, if you happen to see him at a, at a signing, I, I've, I've been told his line isn't very long, usually. 
I know I'm not I'm not gonna speak on that. I don't I don't know, so I can't speak on it. Yeah, I've I've seen I've seen photos, but uh who knows? They, they, those photos could have been doctored. Yeah, you know, twenty twenty one. Twenty who knows if it's real. That's right. Um Okay, so so you're this is what makes you a wrestling fan. Yeah, uh, you're, you're hooked after that. At what point do you say I want to get on the other side of the guardrail and, and I want to do this? And how did how did you get that? Um, how did you get the wheels in motion for that? I mean, I think as a kid, it was something I always thought about, and then as time goes on and you grow up, you know, you're you know, the adults in your life, they, they try to make you a part of the machine and say, ah, oh, you know, you got to grow up, you got to go to school, you got to get a real job that you hate, and da 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 And I did that for a while, you know, I did what I was supposed to do. I went to school, got a degree I don't use for shit, you know. Um, <laughs> I became an adult, and it was like, and I mean, um, I'd start, you know, I watched wrestling, I think, all the way up to college, and I took a break. And I think once adulthood sunk in, I, I, I got back into watching wrestling. And I was like, I want to have conversations with people about wrestling who are adults. And uh, a friend of and I actually started a wrestling group on Facebook just for adults that watch wrestling that aren't ashamed to talk about it. And, uh, you know, one day something hit me. It was like, man, I, I still want to do something with wrestling. And just the way the industry is and everything, I, I you know, in my mind, I said, okay, I'm a little too old to wrestle. So maybe I should like try to do commentary or something or whatever. At the time I was living in California. And so I looked up uh, wrestling schools and I went to the first one I saw. They had like a free uh, trial day. It was like, come, you know, sign a waiver. You get hurt, it's on you. And uh, at the time I got there, none of the trainers were there. It was just students. And they were like, yeah, sign a waiver, get in. And like, they had me like try to do roles and everything. And and I, I was hooked immediately. Like I was able to do the roles and I'm like, oh, this is great. This is great. And then one of the other trainers had showed up and I was like, yeah, I'm just here to sign up for your uh, announcer program or your uh, commentary program. And he was like, he's like, you're here to do what? Sign up for commentary? He's like, you're a girl. You're tall. You're actually you're picking up stuff. He's like, you don't want to do commentary, do you? I was like, no, I'm, I'm old. He's like, you're old. Get out of here. And it, you know, kind of like uh you know reverse psyched me out and I was like all right let's do it but the funny thing about it um Gangrel all right I guess I'm gonna reveal my age now uh who's the head trainer at the time he was on the road so he wasn't always there and so the first time I actually met him he came up to me he's like hey what's your name he's like how old are you I won't say how old I was but at the time he looked he's like huh kind of old to be starting wrestling huh and I was like oh my heart my heart <laughs> but but I mean but Gangrel he's a I appreciate that about him because he's always been a straight up guy and he'll straight shoot with you. Like, cause wrestling is different for men and women as far as like discrimination against age and things like that. Yep. But like, but if he sees, you know, that you are passionate about this, then he's going to be on you like white on rice and he's going to be on you harder and he knows you want it. And he's going to make you work for it. And, and that's what he did. So I appreciate that. So um, two quick questions uh, coming off of that, your degree, uh, what, what was it in? It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. I'm not using it. It's, I have a degree in communications. If anybody wants to hire the dark side after their, after wrestling, yeah, I got a commu- communications degree. If that okay. uh, if that means anything in 2020 something, you know. Yeah. So oh, that makes sense now. Why you were thinking about uh, the commentating side? I mean, I was like, yeah, you know, I got I got a background in it. Yeah, you're like like you said, I got this degree and, and I'm going to use it for something. And now it turns out you. 
Well, I guess, you know what? Communications probably does help you in, in pro wrestling to some extent, right? You have to communicate. You have to speak. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a public speaking in its own uh, way. Sure, we, we can say that degree didn't. Yeah, let's say that degree didn't go to waste. See, that de- <laughs> see, you didn't waste all that. You didn't waste all that money going to college. Right, right. right. It's, all, it's all paying off now. Uh, the other question was, uh, did you have an athletic background? before you not got- at all i consider no. myself one of the most unathletic people ever i tell people anything that you see me do in the ring i had to work for that shit. like legit i am like so i did any, track. any sports I did track. I did track in high school that's running i was in a high stepping marching band i wouldn't you you need you know you need cardio to do that but i wouldn't say i was athletic at all um i, I want to give a shout out to jacob fatu that was one of the original people I trained with. And I, str- I struggled in training. I struggled coming up. And when you're not the most athletic and you don't pick things up right away and when they start pairing people off and you got partner drills, everybody doesn't want to be your partner because it's like, ah, the new girl, she can't really get it. She's not that athletic. And Jacob was always someone who, like, never let me quit and always believed in myself. Like, there were times where I wouldn't get something one or two times and I was just trying to go off to the side. And he's like, sis, what's up? What you trying to work on? You need help with something? I got you. Let's go. Sis, what you, you, I, th- I thought you was doing that new move. I, I didn't kid it. He's like, no, let's go. Yeah, let's go in the ring. Let's work on it. Like, anytime I was struggling or whatever, like, he was always there to be like, no, nah, you got this. You're here for a reason. Let's work on it. Let's get it. He was always that one to pull me to the side. It's like, I got you. We're going to work on this together. So, shout out to Jacob Fatu. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome that you had somebody there encouraging you and, and supporting you. Uh, that's cool. And it's, you know, everybody is different. Like, some people come into this business who are, incredibly athletic and it's almost like they pick things up so quickly um Mm -hmm. and then there's other people like you're not the first person that's told me like no i was not an athlete i didn't play any sports um and it took them a little bit longer but hey you worked at it you were persistent and you know here you are the world famous holodead (laughs) you're too kind (laughs) i want to ask you though about gangrel because um Obviously, any, any of our listeners here know, who are familiar with him knows that uh, he, for years, wrestled as, uh, the, I guess he called himself the Vampire Warrior at one point. Um, everyone will remember Gangrel for this great entrance uh, back during the Attitude Era, coming up with the goblet of, uh, I guess that was supposed to be blood, but they couldn't say blood. Um, did he at all influence your, or help you develop your persona? Because clearly, oh, he, he had a, yeah, I was gonna say he had a very gothic monster type persona, and you, you know, not too far from that yourself. No, absolutely. Um, he's always someone I credit. Um, now, again, when like the whole holiday thing came around, like I, I would love to take full credit for it, but I cannot. Um, like it was, a, it was a very random thing, actually. Like it was something at the time my school was like, we want to put together a faction. We need a girl to do something creepy, face paint. It's like we need this by Friday. Can you do it? I'm like. It's getting green as hell. Like, yeah, I can do it, whatever. And then, you know, it was, there was no, like, rhyme or ri- rhythm reason or anything. It was just like, you're this scary person. There was no, like, backstory or anything. And Gangrel was always the one, like, okay, you have this gimmick. Now it's up to you to make it. Like, and he was and he was someone who was like, you got to always challenge me. He said, you need to go to your dark place. You need to go to your dark place and figure out who Holiday is and bring that out. And he said, whatever you do, you have to be authentic with it. Because the people, if you come to the people and it's something fake or phony, they're going to see that. But if you come with something that's true and genuine from you, they'll see that, they'll feel it, and they'll, you know, they'll flock to it. 
and that's you know something he always told me and you know always challenged me said you got to go to your dark place go to your dark side and figure out who Hala that is so, and so again that's why and that's that's why i go back to as you said the dr jekyll mr hyde like a lot of a lot of wrestling is art imitating life a lot of wrestlers were a little messed up when we got issues or whatever and we and we you know uh bring it out you know wrestling wrestling is therapeutic for us so again like you know, Holiday is the, you know, the other side, if you will. And and wrestling allows me to bring that to life in a in a healthy way, if you will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so before you really uh became Holiday and embraced this persona, were you into I, I like horror movies or the occult or anything like that? Like were you fascinated by that kind of stuff or have an interest in it? Or was it just something that you had to tap into once? <laughs> For me, it's something I had to tap into. I don't have anything against horror movies, but again, I feel like just going back to the words of Gangrel, it is like tapping into your darker side. Like I feel like for majority of us, we do have like those inner demons, and a lot of people push those away and don't acknowledge them or whatever. But for me, it definitely is tapping into the other side of me, which is not always pretty or whatever. But again, I feel like wrestling is a safe place, it's a therapeutic place because it allows us. We don't do that regular therapy. Wrestling is our therapy. We can get this shit out and I can tap in. I can turn on my dark side. I can release it into the world. Okay, now I can calm my back down and try to <laughs> refunction, if that makes sense. It does. What, what, what I'm really hearing, though, is, is that before you tried to tap into the dark side, which you've done so well, obviously, um, maybe you're a little bit more like Willow than you care to admit. Back <laughs> right? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I think you're okay. misconstruing my words. Uh, that's not what I heard myself say at all. I don't know how you got that. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I guess Willow probably goes to the extreme with the uh, with the bubbliness, if that if bubbliness is a word. But hey, I mean, but, I don't know. Maybe that's her other side. I don't know. You know? Maybe. Maybe she's an ass in real life, and she doesn't <laughs> want. To, I don't know. I'm just saying maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Maybe her trainer told her to tap into her positive side, right? Whereas you were told uh, to tap into your dark side. So who knows? Who knows? I mean, you know, Willow, Willow's doing great out there. So whatever, whatever works for you, you know, that worked for her. So, hey, just saying it's not, you know, everything is not everyone's cup of tea. She That's got her bright, bubbly cup of tea. I got my black coffee. We're good. <laughs> we're good. We're good. All right. Perfect analogy. All right, well, we're going to take our final break. And then when we come back, Holodead, if you're up for it, we'll play 10 questions. I'm not good on the spot, but okay. <laughs> Hi, this is Quinn McKay at Ring of Honor Wrestling, wishing you the happiest of holidays. All right, we're back on the RH Strong Podcast. We're talking with... Holodead, we've learned a lot of things. Uh, we've learned that she uh, is not as positive as Willow, but that maybe back in the day she was uh, maybe not quite as uh, as into the dark side as, as she is now. But anyway, let, we're going to learn more about Holodead right now because we're going to play a little game we like to call 10 Questions. Holodead, are you ready? No, but let's go. Okay. <laughs> And it is now time for 10 Questions with Kevin. Question number one. 
What's something on your bucket list? This is like a wrestling bucket list? It could be a wrestling bucket list or a life bucket list. You could, uh, whatever you choose. Ah, yeah, these are hard. You know what a lot of people have said is like, oh, to go to Japan, to wrestle in Japan. Well, so, you, yeah. you crossed that one off. I would like, like to go back to Japan. I don't know if that, I don't know if that counts. Sure it does. Uh, all right, hold on one second. Let me think about it. Uh, I, I, I mean, I would love to. I would love to go to Japan and uh, work for another company. That's for sure. All right. Have you been back since that first tour? I, I did two tours with Stardom. Um, that that was a good time, but uh, there's another Japanese company out there that I would not mind going to, to work for. So if they if they have me over, uh, I believe it's TJPW. They're, they're, they're associated with DDT Pro Wrestling. Um, you know, if, if they ever have anything over there. I got to wrestle. I'm not sure if she's still their champ. Uh, their champ one time in in Spain, actually. So, uh, you know, we had some good words and love to go back over there and do, do some work. They'll, they'll, they'll have me. I don't know if that's a bucket list. Might have to circle back on that. Let's circle back. Huh? I don't know if I'm playing this game right. Okay. No, no. I mean, hey, a bucket list is is a list. So there could be more than one thing on the list. This is one thing on your list. So I think that works. All right. All right. All right. Question. Oh, well, I do want to ask one thing, though, before we get to question number two. You said you wrestled in Spain? I have. So, I mean, how many places? Okay, we know you've wrestled all over the U.S., of course. Now we just learned Spain, Japan. I've wrestled throughout the U.K. I've wrestled uh, in the U.K. for Pro Wrestling E, Progress. Um, I've wrestled in Germany for WXW. I've uh, wrestled in Italy. I've actually, in Italy, I actually did the first ever women's main event in Italy. Uh, uh, I can't remember their name, which is crap. <laughs> oh, now I feel bad. Uh, okay, but yes, I did <laughs> but yes, I did. I wrestled in Italy, Germany, uh, Scotland, the UK. Uh, hopefully, you know, if, if the borders and everything stay okay, looking to return to the UK in 2022. So I, I, I guess that's something on the list, you can say. Returning to the UK in next year. All right. All right. Question number two. This is a thinker here. Question number two. What's a subject you'd like to know more about? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say history. I, I like history in general. Like, um, like if you give me a good freaking old old uh, old time place uh, series, like like I loved uh, Hell on Wheels, like Vikings, Marco Polo. Uh, like, there's a new western just came out. The harder they fall. Like, I love historic stuff. And I know most before anybody comes, I know most of those shows they change things for cinematic purposes. I understand that. I still like them. But uh, like I, I love history. I, I'm a history nerd. Like I'm fascinated as far as like where we've come. I've actually think I was born in the wrong time zone, the wrong time place, the wrong time period. I think I should have been like a Viking back in the day or a cowgirl or something. I I don't think I was meant to be here, but here I am. So I I, I like history. If you got some great historical facts and I'm ever at a show, shoot them at me. Shoot them at me. I could see the Viking thing because I could see you yes, as, come as on, a warrior. Man. Yeah, I, I, feel like was a, I feel like that kind of life was for me. Just farm, then you go raid villages, you know, do what you got to do. If you got to fight and kill some people, then you come home with your, you know, with your loot and then do it all again. Like, 
I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a simple girl. I don't think I was meant for all this technology. It's like, <laughs> go farm, let me go do some raids, and then, yeah, we're good. All right. Yeah, that's a good life. That's a good life. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it. Again, I feel like I'm, I'm not supposed to be here, but here we are. Okay, question number three. If you could have a conversation with any celebrity or historical figure, past or present, who would it be? Oh, that's hard. Um, ah. Damn. All right, so I would have liked to get these in advance. <laughs> no, that would be cheating. That would be cheating. Uh, oh, man, you said past or present. Yep. All right, I'm just gonna throw out LeBron James there, it's just because, uh, it's because he he comes from a you know, because just as someone that comes from a lot of nothing that has made himself like a mogul, you know, I think it would be very inspiring to just talk to a person like that, uh, just coming from not having a whole lot of nothing, from a lot of adversity, and being able to be where he's at. Like, uh, I'm always inspired by stories like that from people who've kind of had to make it on their own and without anything. Yep, that makes sense. All right, question number four. Do you have any hidden talents? Is there something you're good at that we don't know about? I can rap. <laughs> really? I'm not about to do it now. See, I, I was going to ask you, could you no, give us no, some no, freestyle? No, 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 I'm not going to do it now, but no. Wow. But, uh, you, you, but, you know, if you ever talk to Thunder Rosa, uh, Ray Lynn, or Chris Wolf, you know, they, they can verify that, you know, drop a beat. And, uh, but I'm not going to do it now because we're not ready. You're not ready for that side of the dark side. So I got to say something. <laughs> But yes, on occasion, if you give me a good beat, I can freestyle. Okay. Wow. I'm just so disappointed that we're not going to hear any of it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. It's got to be in the right mindset. I can't. I'm not there yet. I'm not there. I'm not freestyle yet. Not right now. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I got to leave you wanting something, you know? Yeah, yeah. I always leave them wanting more. That's what they say. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. Question number five. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Is there something that you like that, you know, maybe you ne not necessarily want to admit? I don't know guilty pleasure was mean you didn't want to admit it. Well, you could admit it, I guess. What, 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 what how do you I mean, guilty pleasure? Something that you indulge in too much and then you feel guilty after. <laughs> okay. All right. Peanut, peanut butter. I'll eat a whole jar of peanut butter. Like, I'll just grab the spoon and just go to town like it's applesauce or something. And then I'll... I might do that for like two days straight, and then I won't buy peanut butter for the rest of the month. I'll be like, look at myself disgusted. Like, you did that. Yes. But every time, you know, like, I don't I don't see how anyone could put a scoop of a, a spoon and a scoop of peanut butter and not go to town. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. You know, maybe I've been defining guilty pleasure incorrectly all this time. Because I it's thought possible. I thought it was something like you're ashamed of yeah like you know like if a if a big tough wrestler um liked boy bands you know what i mean or liked ballads or something like you know something you wouldn't necessarily expect. Ah, okay you know, all right uh, but i could be wrong i could be wrong okay well in in that case i want to say no i don't have guilty pleasures i'm a very i've always i tell people a lot of times when i meet them i'm an awkward weird individual and at this point in my life, I feel like I know myself and I accept myself and whatever I do, I'm not ashamed of it. I go out and I put on tights and I wrestle. No, I don't have any guilty pleasures. Whatever I do, I do it pridefully and happily. All right, well, hey, that, that's a good way to be. That's a good way to be. Yes. All right, question number six. 
have you ever had a paranormal experience? And if not, do you believe in its existence? I have not. And I, I'm very much, uh, I need to see it to believe it kind of person. I won't like, if someone says they have, I won't dismiss it. But I'm still like, for me to say it's real, I need to see it. Like, I won't, I won't dismiss your story of what happened. But for me to say, like, I fully, fully believe in a lot of things. Like, I, I need actual proof for myself. Again, like, I, I'm a, I like history. I also like science. So for me, I like, I need, like, if I, I like to break stuff down and the calculations, all that crap. So for me, like, I got to see it. I'm not saying it's not there, but I got to, for me, I got to know to know if that makes sense. I get that. I feel exactly the same way. Like, I love horror movies and paranormal stuff. Like, I watch the ghost adventure shows, all that stuff. But it's hard for me to fully say I believe it because it's never happened to me. Right. right. I want to believe. But until yeah, like I, I, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, until I have my own experience, I can't say Exactly. Yeah. All right, question number seven. Uh, you mentioned, you rattled off a list of uh, shows, I guess, earlier. But what show are you currently binge watching or, or most recently binge watched? Uh, for the trill for the trillionth time, I am rewatching The Office. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For the trillionth time, this time I'm actually watching the deleted scenes and things now. Um, for those of you that know, I am a Trekkie. Uh, but I am, but I started my Star Trek journey. I know the dates. I'm like uh, 2019, either 2019 or 17, 2017. But I, I started. I started at the beginning. I said I want to watch everything in the order that it was released. I know people told me I can skip to this and that, but I want to watch everything like first time as it's just being available to me. So I'm currently close to the end of Star Trek Voyager, if anybody's familiar with that. But sometimes you got to take a break from Star Trek because the episodes are very long and it's hard to binge when you got a lot of stuff to do. Though, but So for the trigger of time, The Office and Star Trek Voyager. So you like all the Star Treks, basically, all the uh, iterations of Star Trek. I, I, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen them all. Again, like, there's an order that they were all released, and I'm trying to watch everything in the order it was, it was released. I'm, I'm a, I still have a lot to go. Okay. <laughs> like, I've watched, I've watched the original, the original movies, uh, the, second, the second and third uh, in, installations and the second set of movies, and I'm on the next series after that. So I, but there's still several beyond that. But I'm try I feel like I will enjoy them. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm a little out of touch with uh, all the different Star Treks because I, I quit after uh, uh, Shatner and, and Nimoy, right? Like, I, awesome. I quit. Awesome. You only watched the first. Yeah, you just watched yeah. that. Ah, come on. Me, it what? gets better. It gets better. Eh, I don't know. Ah, How, ah. I, I, you can't top Kirk and Spock. I just don't think you can. No, you can. I'm sorry. We're, we're going to have a whole other conversation here. <laughs> okay. You gotta give it a chance. I feel like the second series is is actually the best, but uh, I can't. We can't even have this conversation because you haven't seen it. But okay. No. Uh, no. Man, I refuse. I refuse to. I was set in my ways. I mean, I love the original Star Trek, and when they came out with I this love group, the original uh, too. I love the quirkiness of it. I love the graphics. I love the fight <laughs> scene. The the over dramatics. Like I love it. Shatner's acting, overacting. Yes, exactly. I I love the campiness of the original. Yeah, see, after that, I was like, no, that's Star Trek. Nothing else is Star Trek for me. Uh, All right. It's a federation. It's a whole outpost of people. Ah, I can't see. I can't even have this conversation because you don't even know. You don't no. know. No, right. I never gave it a chance. I'm setting my ways. Ah, I'm okay, like that old guy that says, that get off my lawn, you know? 
<sighs> I feel that way about technology, but come on, come on. <laughs> we gotta adapt right. to some things. All right, question number nine. Who was your celebrity crush growing up? We all had them. Huh. Growing up. Did I like anyone growing up? Jesus. <laughs> I feel like it'll be a wrestler. <laughs> Virgil. Was it Virgil? No, it was not at all. I would, know, I would know in my heart of hearts. Growing up, I thought The Undertaker was kind of hot. Ah, okay. Well, there you that go. That was actually my favorite wrestler growing up. I never, I didn't look at him like that, but you know, I did have a few times to like, you know, like I, you know, I was into the dark side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You tapped into that dark side. Okay. I got it. Yes. All right. I think I skipped question number eight and went right to question number nine. I was so excited to ask you your celebrity crush. Let me go, let me go back to question number eight, which is what's something popular that you don't see the appeal of? Ooh, and this is not just a wrestling question, huh? This could be anything. Uh, I just, uh, a lot of social media. <laughs> I feel like they're, because I feel like social media allows people to be these people that they aren't. And I know so many people who live these like fake facades on social, online, just for like likes and people you don't even know. But then deep down inside, they're like really sad and depressed and stuff is like, why, why are you worried about like making the perfect post for people you don't know that you're never gonna meet because you wanna get a certain number of likes? To me, that that's really, to me, that's just bothersome and troublesome. I feel like that's a bad, to me, I feel like that society is going into a little bit. That's, that's the old woman coming out of me. It's like, I feel like we put too much emphasis on social media and trying to please other people. People don't we don't even know that are not even a part of our everyday lives or not even a part of our ultimate goal and what we want out of life and it's just it's very weird and i i kind of hate it again i feel like i was born in the wrong time period <laughs> no that, that, that's a great point i mean to, we, we base our happiness on a daily basis on how many likes we get i mean that's, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. that's crazy that's crazy yep all right we've come hey. to question number 10 uh much to your joy i'm sure this is the last question um and you may have answered this already i don't know when we were talking about gangrel but What's the best advice you've been given about the wrestling business? And who gave it to you? Ooh. Oh, that's tough. Oh. One piece of advice, the best advice. Ah. I feel like gang girl's in there somewhere. <laughs> but I don't even know what, you know. Ah. Uh, I don't, I don't want to just cut him off because he's done a lot of great... Uh, I know Medusa once told me, she said, uh, change is the best thing that can happen to you. And a lot of times you don't see it that way because you feel like you're you're stuck in a rut or that the change is not beneficial. You don't you don't see the bigger picture. But I mean, I guess, you know, the wrestling industry is forever changing and things are forever evolving. And I mean, like a lot of times we don't we don't see the good in something until we get to a later point in life. And just like how wrestling is so uncertain. So like change is something we should be open to and willing to accept because you know it might be the best change of our life so maybe we'll go with that maybe we'll go with that no that's good that's good medusa is a, is a wise woman she's a wise yes woman. can i say the first time i met her she threw a water bottle at my head <laughs> what brought that on did you, did this, you was in, no, this was in japan second tour in japan 
Like when we would go to other cities, we would all ride in like a van and we had to pick her up. She, she was staying at another apartment. And so we were just waiting outside by the van and then a water bottle came crashing down. We looked up and she said, hey, mother of that was, uh, oh, that's Medusa. Hey, nice to meet you. Yeah, I can I can see that. I, um, <laughs> I, I met Medusa about 20 years ago, shows how old I am. Uh, when I was the editor of WCW Magazine, way back oh, wow. in my lifetime, and Medusa was in WCW. And um, yeah, Medusa is a very unique person, but uh, we became friends, actually. She, she was writing, I talked her into writing a column back in the day for WCW Magazine. So uh, I got to edit Medusa's copy, which was, uh, which nice. was awesome. yeah, yeah. But that was many years ago. All right, well. That's the end of 10 questions. Uh, we've come to the end here pretty much. Before we wrap up, um, it's funny, we were just talking about social media and how you know it's kind of uh, silly and we don't care for it and all that. But now I'm gonna ask you, do you wanna give out your social media information so people can follow you? So yeah, I, I have to plug my social media because this is the world we live in. This is the time and day I'm in. Social media is important. So if you are on Facebook, I have a Facebook fan page. You can go to Holiday, H-O-L-I-D-E-A-D, like that. If you got YouTube, I also have a YouTube channel, Holiday. You can go there, like that, same spelling. Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter, at Holiday, same spelling. If you want to go to IG, Instagram, it is Holiday and I, one word, H-O-L-I-D-E-A-D-A-N-D-I. Holiday and I goes back to the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. High thing. It's holiday and I wordplay. And if you want some holiday merch, you can go to www.storefrontier.com slash holiday. Got some cool things up there. Get you swagged out. Yep. I believe that's all of them. I'm also on Cameo now. Oh, <laughs> so if you okay. want a special message or something, you want to chat with the dark side, we can do that. So yeah, all under the same name. All right, I want to remind everybody uh, once again that coming up Christmas weekend, Holiday gets her shot at the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. She'll be taking on Roxy. Uh, we'll see if it'll be a happy Holiday or will it be? Seasons beatings. Seasons beatings. All right, well, Holiday, I want to, I want to wish you good luck uh, in that match. And thank you so much for, uh, for joining us today. I, it was a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you. I hope you mean it and not just, you know, trying to trying to butter me up and I hope it was pleasant. I appreciate chatting with you guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And I want to thank everybody out there as well for listening. And I want to remind you that a new episode of the ROH Strong Podcast drops every Monday morning on ROHWrestling.com and most podcast platforms. Keep it locked into ROHWrestling.com and ROH's social media channels at Ring of Honor on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Ring of Honor for news regarding upcoming episodes. Also, for the latest ROH news and views, you can read my column, X-Files, every Friday on ROHWrestling.com. Until next time, this is Kevin X saying, stay safe, and let's all be ROH strong.